Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. So uh, we have worked closely with state health officials, our own medical team and health performance team, as well as the health performance team coming from the NBA. We're going to ramp up systematically. We want to make sure the facility meets all of the league specifications, the local state health officials protocols, and then we're going to be even a little bit more stringent to to those standards, creating our own standards. And, And the biggest goal is to have the confidence of the players and the staff that they can enter our facility safely. Dennis Lindsay on a Zoom press conference a few days ago, and the team slowly ramping up. A few players with individual workouts. How many is a few? Nobody really knows. It's a handful of players, but they wouldn't identify who they were how many. I guess it has to be top secret, PK. But they worked out voluntarily at the facility, so it's the first small step. Uh, what do we on the the moon here? Where yes, going with this? it is. It's one small step <laughs> no, wait, for an NBA wait, wait. player. No, one no, gigantic no, no. step for mankind. We can't do this. 7 o'clock, we have to lead with some AD, some senator, some somebody who said the world is going to hell and it's going to get worse. Give me now, about you guys, five seconds. We can do this. You guys threw me off. Jeez. Well, you shouldn't have such a bad attitude. Sometimes we lead with one small <laughs> step for NBA players. It's not our problem what your assumptions are. Dude, there's been two perfect people on the planet, and I'm talking to one of them, so I would know. No, that's see, that's just you making stuff <laughs> up again. We got like 57 <laughs> drops of me screwing up in there. I got gender identification issues, so don't start in with this whole perfection nonsense that you created so you could be the victim. Punk. Oh, you called me the victim. Who knew? Oop, I got to take another drink. <laughs> DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Hashtag NBA. It's too dangerous. It's not safe. I don't know how they can make it safe. You know, everybody's talking about putting them in a bubble uh, in Vegas and in Florida. But you, you can't put the hotel workers in a bubble, people who work room service in a bubble, uh, and people who work in the hotel. And I'm not sure players want to stay in a hotel for two straight months. But you can't leave the hotel to go out and get something to eat. You got to worry about the virus. I said that uh, about three, I said I think it was three weeks ago they should cancel the season. That's Charles Barkley saying it's not safe to start playing again. The hotel workers can't be in a bubble. Well, it won't be two months for everybody. <laughs> two weeks of regular season, maybe. That'll send 14 teams home, if they even go. And in two more weeks, they'll send eight more playoff teams home. So Charles everybody can't help himself. <laughs> I, as soon as this thing went out and they had the thing on that Thursday night, he had to call in and say he had quarantined himself. 
Uh, and just keep drawing attention to yourself. These hotel workers want to go to work. It's so freaking easy for him to say what he says because he's got millions in the bank. He gambles away what most people will come, not even come close to earning in their entire life. So, first of all, they got to be safe. I mean, these hotel workers, are these hotels now closed? Is everything now closed? And then it's just going to open up? So, uh, knowing one guy who's a GM of a ho- one hotel in uh, Utah, he told me that they laid off everybody except for like five people. And we were talking on the phone, and he said, I have to go. I have to change a room now. I mean, literally, the GM is doing that kind of stuff because everyone's gone. The restaurant's wow, the closed. the GM has to do uh, work. Who yep. knew? And he said that they had like three rooms in the whole hotel were rented. Yeah, Good, so like let's restart the economy. Rooms. There That's it is. That's the point. Except the thing with that is like everybody else is like, you go first. No, you go first. And it's not like there's a stampede to get on a plane, fly somewhere, and stay in oh, a hotel right I mean, now. I just saw that United Airlines this morning, they had a flight that was full, and now they're going to notify you if the flight's full. So I don't know. Is it about full to with two thirds with nobody sitting in the mi- in the middle seats? I don't, to me, full is full. I mean, if full is a definition that stands unto its own. If, if it's two thirds full, I wouldn't say that it's two thirds full. But, I mean, if it's full, it's full. I, and I don't know. I only know the words as they were meant to be defined. So I, I didn't count the passengers. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. The NCAA is streamlining its evaluation tool for selecting NCAA tournament teams. And I got to say, I saw this on the ticker while flicking around last night and my head nearly burst. It was, you just, you're not supposed to be doing algebra and geometry on the ticker. I don't even want to read this for all the mocking you will do of it, PK. It is so mockable. The five components of the NCAA evaluation... The net ratings remaining factors include the team value index. I just assumed they were tweaking it so the more power five teams could get in the tournament. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, how many more can they get in? I mean, they, they only can put in uh, like 31. So how many more are they going to get in? <laughs> if, if San Diego State and Dayton and Gonzaga are all going to be one and two seeds, and we have got to change the formula, people. It will no longer include winning percentage, adjusted winning percentage, or scoring margin. Okay, Dutcher, right now, I'm going to give you a three seed for the next ten years in a row. You going to take it? Yes. Yeah, so who cares? DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Things are going to be moving really quickly for these guys when we do get to work with them. And we probably do need to anticipate, you know, guys maybe not being as prepared as, as they have been in the past. That's Cliff Kingsbury talking about uh, how to get guys up to speed and what it's going to be like when NFL teams open camps, whenever that is. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, the consensus favorite to be the NFL MVP. Lamar Jackson has pretty good odds, too. Caesar Sportsbook has Mahomes 4-1 to win his second regular season MVP award in the past three years. Jackson 13-2 to win it again at Caesars. Sweet. Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey. 40 to 1 odds. That's the shortest odds of any non quarterback. The top 11 favorites, I guess. Can you have 11 favorites? The 11 guys with the best odds are all QBs. It's a QB driven league, so I don't think we're really surprised yeah, by that. I agree with that 100%. I mean, the way everything has gone, the rules have changed so much. Absolutely. It's all about the quarterback, the running backs. 
I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to name every team's running back, but you wouldn't be hard-pressed practically to name every team's backup quarterback. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. It's extremely important. It'll provide a sense of normalcy for a lot of fans out there, and whether it's older fans, new fans that maybe have left the game for quite some time, and it'll be the only thing on on your television, and you get a chance to promote your stars. That's Jerry Hairston Jr. on the importance of Major League Baseball returning. Owners approved a proposal. The commissioner, Rob Manfred, plans to present to players Tuesday. They got a whole list of things they want. One includes a 50-50 revenue split with players, which sounds like a salary cap to the players, and the executive director of the Players Association already says they know what the reaction will be to that. So that's what we need is a labor dispute on top of everything else. Good grief. Tuesday being today, right? Yes. Correct. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to money. There's not a thing in this world that doesn't come down to money. The sooner you recognize that, and I heard somebody say it's not about the money. Of, of course it is. It's absolutely about the money, and they're going to squabble over this right to the bitter end, and they're going to lose people in the process. Which is why Jerry Harrison Jr. was just saying the importance of baseball returning, getting the games out there, getting the players, getting the stars out there. So, Who is Jerry Harrison Jr.? Son of Jerry Harrison Sr. So you don't know? No, I really don't. <laughs> Yak picked a bite. Yak, who does he work for? So, Jerry Harrison Jr., he's a former MLB infielder. He played for a number of teams throughout his Right, career. but that's not what he is now. That's not why I believe he's a now. broadcaster now, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering from what perspective is he coming from. That's why. I mean, I know that the Harrisons played ball, but that yes. was then. I needed to know who he's working for now to determine his motive and his agenda. Works for Sportsnet LA, working on Dodgers and games, I guess. Well, I can understand why he would want them to come back. Exactly. Because he's not going to be involved in any labor dispute. And I hope they do. I hope everybody comes back. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a bad look for baseball and whoever if they start squabbling over money when the 20% uh, employment rate is reaching that figure is what we're being told. And so we, I, all of us can name five people off the top of our heads that have lost their jobs here in the last six weeks or two months or so. The 2021 World Baseball Classic is expected to be canceled with a formal announcement expected at any time. The tournament was set for March of 2021 in the U.S., Japan, and Taiwan. World Baseball Classic officials say they don't see the event being played again until 2023. That's canceling stuff pretty far out right there, PK. And we were just talking about uh, Oregon and the governor saying there weren't going to be fans at a game in September. Now we're leaping ahead to March of 2021. Waving it off. Yeah. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. It's Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up. Chris Solari, Michigan State football writer for the Detroit Free Press, joins us at 8 o'clock. Chris Camrani, Utes writer for The Athletic at 9 o'clock. And Gary Anderson, Utah State head football coach at 9.30. The spring football tour continues all morning long. USC coach Clay Elton says the Pac-12 is considering playing only 11 games this season, and all would be conference games. You like that? You hate that? You confused by that? 
We'll get to your reaction coming up. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Chris Mannix. It's not an issue of getting the test. The NBA can buy whatever they want. They can find a private outfit to sell them the 20,000 tests, whatever it is they need. They have the resource to go out there and do it. But if the optics are bad, they're not going to come back. They're not going to buy 15,000 tests to play a postseason in Vegas while New York and Michigan and California are struggling to get tests. The testing has certainly improved. It's not where it needs to be, but it's trending at least in the right direction. If testing just improves to a certain level, the NBA is going to be willing to open up its checkbook, buy the test it needs and get it done a lot of the same ways that the UFC got it done this past weekend. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing, and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Question of the morning. Clay Helton, USC football coach, says the Pac-12 could be playing 11 games, all conference games this year. What do you think? PK, what else does this mean? I mean, there's the obvious. Do you like this because... It's all conference and non-conference games go away. Here it means Utah and BYU. You know, at USC it means no Notre Dame game. Uh, Oregon and Ohio State would go away. Washington and Michigan. So there's a bunch of high-profile games that ought to draw big crowds that would go away because of this. Uh That's the obvious downside. But unspoken in all of this, is this because the Pac-12 is going to be playing on a different calendar than the rest of college football? Is that what this is leading up to? Uh, I didn't get that. Maybe you did, and I'm not saying I'm wrong, you're right, vice versa, but I didn't, underst- I didn't take that from this. It's possible, but I, to me, that's not the way I communicate. If I'm going to say something, I'm going to say it. I'm not going to say something and, and try to backdoor the meaning to something else. That just leads to confusion, and if i got something I want to say, I'm going to be as direct as I possibly can so the person or people receiving my message get it so if clay helton was saying that they're going to plan a different calendar they could possibly say it he should have said that i don't know i can't speak for him i don't know why else you would do this if you were going to play if the season's going to go off a schedule and you're all going to play at the same time i don't see why they would bail out on a non-conference game oh how, i do how far you fly i guess if you were flying to a part of the country that was going to be a hot spot uh, but most of the non-conference games are home games now, maybe someone doesn't want to fly to your hotspot, so maybe that's the issue. Well, I don't know that they're necessarily all going to play home games as scheduled in the conference. Who's to say if the Los Angeles area is bad or the Northern California area is bad or Seattle is bad? Uh, so I think that that's what they can do, and they can take care of that in a different manner. Uh, so I think that I think this we're in this together, that's a nice slogan. But ain't nobody giving me their money. I mean, it's we're in this together until we get into finances, and then good luck to you. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I mean, that, that's the reality of the situation. We can have, and you people can go on Channel 2 and be nice and warm and fuzzy like TV people like to do. Not that you're unique because they're all doing the same thing. And we're all in this together. So please watch us so our ratings don't take a hit and our advertising doesn't drop and we don't lose money. I mean, that's, they're, they're only giving you partial, the partial message. We're in this together. So please watch us so we can continue to make our money. I mean, that's, that's the full message. They just don't say the second half of it. So I think that for conferences here, I think, first of all, you have to look at it for team-wise, program-wise. I think you need to think of yourselves and what's in your best interest. And then if you can get everybody together on a conference basis, then you do in that. And so you keep the money within. And then you worry about yourselves first. Because if you don't, you're going to get left by the wayside. And these schools and programs and universities cannot afford to not have some form of a season. So if they come out and play that way and say, we're just going to do the conference games, sure, they'll miss out on some big-time games. Obviously, Notre Dame with Stanford and SC and, and Ohio State and Oregon and, and BYU here will be locally affected. And it would suck for BYU, no doubt about it. It would only be, hopefully, on a one-year basis. And uh, I would like to see BYU continue to play these Power Fives, particularly the Pac-12 Power Fives, because I think that's what gets their fan base the most excited, uh, as opposed to some of these others. Even playing uh, Bronco doesn't want to play them in two years whenever they're supposed to play them. And that, that may be not be a good example because of Bronco. But some of these other Power Fives, uh, I think people for BYU get most excited about playing and beating uh, Pac-12 schools and then Utah State and Boise. Not all necessarily in that order, depending on what you know your order can uh, deviate however you want it. So I think that they should look inward first and have themselves set up so they have their best case scenario. And if that means eliminating these non-conference games for a year, so be it. In, in a sense, from the competition standpoint, to me, I'd like it because it would go back to before they expanded. Because for several years before they expanded, obviously when there was 10 members, they played nine. Everybody played each other. And so it was just a question of, you know, one year you had five home games in conference, the next year you had four, and you rotated. And uh, that was, for me as a Pac-10 fan, that was fun, knowing that everybody was going to play everybody. I would, uh, I understand, uh, I, would, I would still like to see it done in football, actually. I know I'm probably uh, in the minority there. I certainly would love to see it do- done in basketball, uh, have everybody play home and home. And if that means, so what's that... Uh, how many conference 22 games, games. They're going yeah, from would, 18 to 20, but we've talked about boosting it to yeah. 22. Why not? I would not? love to see it. Yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, absolutely I would love to see it. To me, that would be the most fun and, and fair. Fair is a relative word. But I, in terms of me having more interest, if they started conference games, say if they had to before Christmas, I would be way more into Pac-12 basketball than I am now. you got to force me to be in Pac-12 basketball until we get to the end of February and March. Uh, and I would love to, to generate more interest earlier rather than some of these games that they're playing and you don't even know when, when they're playing, what night, and yada, yada. You turn on the TV, oh, who's on tonight? Because <laughs> you don't really know. At least for me, when they have conference games and they have the travel partners, well, then you do know. I, well, you, you know a lot better. There's a better chance of you knowing, put it that way. So I think the Pac-12 needs to look for itself, as all the conferences do. And if that's what they decide, okay. If that's what they think is best, I'm okay with it. Chris says, if it means we get football, yes, bring it. And we will have a true conference champion. 
I guess if they eliminate the conference title game and just go with the best record? Because I guess you, you, know, you could have everyone play everybody and then a team with the worst record wins the conference title game. That never happens. Team with the best record always wins. There are no upsets. No. You said the team with the worst record wins. Not the worst of the two. Not obviously the sixth place team isn't going to be in it. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. I don't know if, you know, if somebody won the South at 6-3 and three and somebody won the North at 9-0 and oh, when everybody played everybody and then the team that was 9-0 and oh got upset in the conference title game. I mean, yeah, that 6-3 and three team would be the conference champion, but I don't know if Chris could stand up and say, we'll have a true conference champion. These guys went 7-3. and three. Good for you. <laughs> Chris is the guy who posted this. Oh, oh, okay. Because okay. it's kind of the echo of the Big 12, you know, with the yeah. one true champion. Well, they were saying that when they, when they played round robin, a complete round robin with no buys, and they didn't have the conference title game. Now, you could get to the conference title game and the team that has the best record in the league could just win, and you really would have a true conference champion then. Uh, come on. Just play games, man. You start worrying about stuff that has no meaning in life. Who gives a flying you-know-what about that? Nelly doesn't. Nelly posts, if we get football this year, who cares? I'm for it. You're going to have to, if you play everybody, you're going to have to beat a team twice, potentially. Maybe you could lose to them and then beat them the second time, but that just makes it more dramatic. Makes better storylines. I'm all for it. I'm not worried about that. It's a one-time deal anyway. i got to get you thinking past all these ramifications. It's a one-time deal. This is the academic year and however it spreads into the rest of the calendar and the following year's calendar. This is a time to celebrate sports. And it's not time to nitpick certain things. And our listening audience wants to celebrate sports. They don't want to create problems that are just for now. They're not really any big problem because they're not going to last. It's not going to last. I mean, you could have a team that's 6-3 and three every year winning the South and a team that's 9-0 and oh every year winning the North. And how's that any different? If that uh, that team that's six and three beats the nine and O team, that's the risk you have every year when you have a title game. This would be no different. I don't see where it'd be different at all. It would be the exact same thing in terms of records. So it's about the celebration of sports. It's not oh the Lakers are going to get beat in the first round. That's a nightmare scenario for the league. No, it's not. It's about celebrating the return of the NBA. And we've got professional basketball, and we sit around and we enjoy it. I think now, finally, to me, because I've been preaching this for years, keep your sports in perspective. I think now we'll finally have it. Kevin is not in favor of the 11-game schedule. Not if there's a chance of someone becoming infected, either fans, staff, or players. Well, there may be a zero-game schedule for the rest of his life then. (laughs) Well, there might be for this year, that's for sure. Well, because if you're eliminating a chance. Uh, the chance of somebody to be yeah. infected somewhere down the road, then we're never going to do anything, and you better get underneath your bed really soon, buddy. Stevenson says 11 conference games. That's better than no football. Oh, I think it's way better. I mean, it's a thousand trillion times better. It's awesome. Kevin says as a BYU fan, no, I don't like it. That would eliminate three games. Okay, yeah, it actually could eliminate more if you're just going with the Pac-12. I understand the three with Utah issue and, and uh, but, Stanford. But the, the thought that another conference would do the same thing. Right. I yeah. guess because everything goes back to money is one of the motivations for doing this. you got these non-conference deals, and you're supposed to bring a team in, and then you pay them 
you know, whatever the negotiated number is, 300,000, half a million, whatever. And then you go to the other stadium the next year. You know, Oregon would return the Ohio State game, right? And you'd get that 300 grand, except Oregon would come out on the short end of it because they're figuring, and Washington's probably thinking this for Michigan, and I don't know which, where, is Notre Dame at USC or Stanford this year? I don't remember where they went last year. I think they went to Stanford last they're, year, didn't they? They're at, they're at Notre, they're, sorry, they're USC this year because yeah, BYU so, plays at Stanford that same weekend. So, okay, so USC wouldn't be getting this huge gate. And so maybe the conference is thinking, hey, let's call off all the non-conference games because with these home games, we're going to end up uh, on the short end of the stick here. I think this is all what, – what is motivating this? Go to money. That's always a safe bet. I think that uh, they're trying to ensure they play as many games as possible because if they only go to just conference games, then they don't have to worry about anything else. And then if they need to set it up to where, as I said, Team A that was supposed to host Team B, maybe they play at Team B this year, and they can, and then you can easily switch that right. the following year if you need to. Whereas if you get in a non-conference it's way more difficult to be able to, well, you came here this year, we can't go. How does that play out? But, you know, with the, with the case of uh, Notre Dame, since they play annually Stanford and SC, that would be easier. But the rest of the schools with their non-conference games, they don't play these teams annually. So it might be better for Oregon not to play Ohio State and for um – Washington not to play Michigan and just reschedule those games for eight years down the line. Right. It would be see that from a scheduling purpose, it would be easier to be able to do that if you have if you're playing them every year. So maybe that's part of the reason is to avoid all these complications. You know, because if you do one thing, it has a domino effect against the other. So just not play it. Pick it up down the line. You know, we're talking about. I have a friend. Uh, who owns a Mattress Warehouse. He's done some advertising with us. And he was talking, he's got several locations, right? And so he was talking about paying rent and talking about how they're just, if you're going to miss four months of rent, well, then you just tack it on at the end of the contract. So if it ends in three years, then I owe you four months' rent at the end of three years, you know, whatever it might be. You understand what I'm saying there? Mm-hmm. And so maybe they could do something like that. So maybe part of the motivation is just to keep it as a cleaner scheduling version of what you have down the line. I mean, I'm throwing stuff out there. I'm not really sure 100%, obviously. But to me, that might be one reason, one way of doing things where uh, you can do it easier. It's going to be complicated to a degree because everything is complicated now, right? So maybe that's what they're thinking. My guess, and certainly fact, money's a factor. I'm not going to just all of a sudden jump off the bandwagon of money when I've been preaching that for years. But I think they're trying to probably include everything into it. What is the best for us for this particular season, whenever this season plays and whenever this season ends? Because they've talked about maybe having a break if you had to have it. You know, See, I think that you have to be flexible to the as, as much as you possibly can. And that's why I was going back to what I said at the very start, is this mean that they're not going to be playing at the same time? Because depending on what parts of the country are having hot spots when, you might need to take a break. Yeah. And the other part of the country may not, and that could just scramble on the right. conference. And if you just play the 11 conference games, 
Although that still seems it still seems like every school should be told, hey, if you want to squeeze in one twelfth game somewhere, you're on your own if you want to. We'll play the eleven, so you got the eleven. It's up to you to fit in one more if you think that's a good idea. Yeah, but maybe this way they have better control of the situation. Yeah. And you have a commissioner, you have a leader who can right, of receive the information from the presidents. And so you, the, the board of directors basically are the 12 presidents. And then they communicate to this, in this case, Scott. And then he can get disseminate the information. So it's easier to control as opposed to getting others. And there's everybody's going to have three non-conference games, right? And so you're going to have probably three other conferences to deal with, except in the case of Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame is basically a conference unto itself. But, you know, Notre Dame, what are they going to do as far as the ACC and how much is they are they going to be connected there with their scheduling, too, that they have in their scheduling agreement and now they're all those sports are in the other in the ACC. So I don't know that Notre Dame could just thumb its nose at the ACC and say, well, we're going to do whatever we want because then you've got the working relationships with the ACC and all these other sports, too. So there's certainly, obviously, there there's some form of relationship when it comes to football because of the connection and association with the other sports. So I would think with that in mind that they're going to want to have something that's agreeable to the ACC. So now the Pac-12, not only Notre Dame, but by extension, ACC. You know what it comes down to, Dave? They would say that as far as STDs, you know, if you sleep with Mary, then who'd all did Mary sleep with? And so then you got to worry about them, too. I mean, you can relate to that specifically. You went to UC Santa Barbara. I finally understand what you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't know, but now... <laughs> totally got it now. Bing. See, that's your genius Don't playing along with my nonsense. Noise. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I, as you wind up, I have two choices. I either deflect it back on you or I just own it. I decided that one I don't. What the heck? And maybe that's what they, that's what they're, that's probably part of their thinking anyway. I don't know that it's 50%, 80%, what have you, but it's probably part of their thinking. Well, they need as many games as possible, so playing that 10th and 11th game in the conference makes sense. If it's going to be hard to either work out the finances or simply work out the date to play. Yeah. But it just doesn't necessarily make sense to pay top dollar to bring in this elite team. Uh, And I guess, you know, we can throw in the USC-Alabama game on a neutral site with uh, the Notre Dame games and Ohio State and Michigan Uh and BYU. Those are the ones I know off my head. Well, Colorado, Colorado State, I guess they draw massive crowds for that. It doesn't make sense to write that big check if you can't fill the stadium and sell all the food and sell all the drinks and sell all the souvenirs and collect all the parking cash. Well, in Colorado, sell all the marijuana. (laughs) Right. No, that's not how that works. (laughs) So go with the 11 games. And then, you know, I don't... I don't see why they couldn't tell him, hey, if you can squeeze in a 12th game, because you've all got your own situations with whoever you've scheduled, but maybe it does look chaotic enough that fitting in all three of those games and figuring out the timing just isn't going to work. Right. So play 11 and then scramble. And some some teams may figure out the 12th game, and some may just say, never mind. You know, it, it would seem like the easiest games to play, and we really need to get Mark Harlan on again. He always tells us, call me whenever you want. And, you know, we could call him every day, but we really ought to save up a bunch of these topics and have him on. Yak, put him on the list. Let's request Mark Harlan, because now we got a bunch of questions for him that are brand new and not on it. different versions of the same question that we asked him, you know, when he came on six weeks Let ago. Let us ask you this in a different <laughs> format. Right. And now, uh, 
But maybe even the money games wouldn't make sense. Because, again, you're writing a check for however much. Uh, you know, it depends. The, the SEC schools are, seem to be paying a lot more for their money games. Uh, you know, and here, you know, the youth sometimes, I think they don't have to write as big a check when they get a team that can bust, like Southern Utah, Weber State, Idaho State. Yeah. If, if someone's got to come in on a charter, you've got to give them a little more money to offset that. So maybe there's something that works locally. You know, it's, uh, you know I, don't, I don't know, Big Sky, you know, can Eastern Washington or Idaho drive over and play Washington, Washington State? Maybe everybody would be on their own for their 12th game. You know, maybe the check that USC is going to get from that Alabama neutral site game, uh-huh. maybe that'd be good enough to go get it. But maybe they can't, maybe they want to can't, the organizers want to cancel that game. You know, if you're, if you're booking one of these games in Atlanta or Dallas and you're writing these huge checks to get these teams to play this big game, you're getting some of the money from TV, but you're obviously getting some of the money from selling your, you know, 60, 80, 100,000 tickets. So maybe that thing doesn't, you know, they may have already heard, you know, USC may have already heard, hey, this may not be a great idea, guys. <laughs> we, right. We might I, need to cancel this. I also think that the, the conference, if it's just as an entirety from A to Z, then they can control the flexibility of when to schedule the games. Yeah. So you'd have a better chance of actually playing all 11, even if it needs to spill into January, oh, February, yeah, right. what have you. And they can say to... Uh, Washington and SC, for example. I don't even know if they play this year, but just use this as an example. And it spills over into January, February, and they can go up there to Washington and say, hey, guys, this year it makes sense to play in the Coliseum uh, on that uh, third week of February, what have you. And, you know, we'll we'll, we'll make it up to you. And then they'll know that there'll be some form of makeup, whether it's an extra home game when they're back on the schedule, whatever it might be. Obviously, there's a bunch of places in the conference that can hold games in the winter and actually be better than (laughs) the, the weather than it would be in September and October. You know what talking, I mean? We're talking Tempe. I got it. It's your yeah. Devils and Tucson. Yeah, yeah, and and then you never know around here. My gosh, I mean, they, you know, you can get a sixty degree, fifty five degree weather day in in February, what have you. And this way, they can control that. They can control the flexibility and the fluid nature potentially of the scheduling that they may have to have when it comes down to. Can we play? And then when can we play? And there's fewer complications as opposed to inviting another conference because it's, as I said, joking with the STD deal. Well, this other conference, they're going to have obligations. So Team Michigan State, for example, may not be free that time when you yeah. want to play them, or Michigan, as you said, playing Washington. And so this way you just eliminate all that possible problem that could happen. So to me, for a one-year basis, I sign off on this big time, and I'm not sitting up here and say, well, I, uh, my guess is some of these responses on Facebook, if it screws BYU, I'm all for it. You know, you probably got some We've of that. We've had very little of that. The one thing we did have is uh, Sam posting, the game against BYU is already stamped as an automatic win for Utah, so why bother playing them anyway? Once they stop all that immoral activity down in Happy Valley, maybe the Lord will allow them to win a game against the Lord's school, the University of Utah Utes. So Sam came in and laid it on thick. But other than that, uh, there, wasn't, uh, there wasn't a lot of BYU trash talk. Well, if the, if the Lord's University is the University of Utah, then I'm going to have to now renounce my religion. 
Uh, here's a little more BYU trash talk. 11 P5 teams, is that better than the super tough independent schedule of four or five P5 teams that BYU is always gloating about? So, yeah. So the Cougars got drawn in it to a couple times, but uh, largely. <laughs> Yuck. Ouch. Yeah. That hurt. Yuck's, yuck's snapping people with towels. What are you, back in the seventh grade PE class? Is that a towel snap or a punch in the face? That was a punch in the face. Okay. All right. And I do see on Twitter, I saw some uh, fight going on here. This guy, uh, the two guys punching and kicking, and then the guy kicking him in the ribs after it seemed like it was all over. Yeah, the shirtless guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I saw it. <laughs> uh, he's getting his butt kicked, man. Well, and he looks, he looks way flabby, so he should have a shirt on. But the other guy's just wailing on him and doing uh, MMA stuff. Ooh, man, nice little spin kick to the face. Yeah, and that's what, <laughs> that's what won the fight right there. <laughs> I wonder what they were fighting about. Mm-hmm. But to his credit, he only gives him one more kick when the guy gives up. But he did I mean, give him the one more kick after the guy. He turned his back and, and put his hands the post up. Script, if you read some of the other twi- yeah, tweets, he apparently broke ribs with that final kick. Oh, yeah. Ooh. What were they fighting over? Comments he had made about women, apparently, or some, some such. That's why I always tell everybody your wife is beautiful. I don't want to get my butt kicked. Good move. <laughs> like the way Sa- you think. Sage advice. Well, you must like it. Whoever it is, you married her, so you must think she's cute, whether I do or not. Who cares? Although, for me, I've had this rule, and this is a rule that I adhere to at all times. My friends, spouses, or not just a casual relationship, but a serious relationship, and then, of course, if they're married, that woman becomes 100% non-sexual to me it's like my sister Sister. now now it's easy to say that later in life but did you say that when you were like 19 years old in the dorms at nau yes okay if if you were my really good friend if you're a good friend then the girlfriend off limits sis yes i got to know if you were my really good friend and i don't have that many really good friends i'm not a very social person but if i did that I got to know that person, and I got to like that person with devoid of any romantic feelings. And then they broke up, and it was awkward. Uh, yeah, but when you're 19, 20, uh, people go their separate ways. You know, you, you get out of high school, you go your separate ways. You get out of college, you go your separate ways. So, uh, I mean, I, I had a roommate, and I ended up being hit his girlfriend's confidant as she had problems with him and I kept trying to tell her this guy's a player because I've been out playing with him. (laughs) We went to a place, it's called Freddy's, just uh, east of ASU and they had toga night and he wore not a toga all he wore to the party was a like a towel that you would use like Joe Ingles has around his neck in basketball. Uh huh. That's all he wore. So not not like even a big beach towel. You're no. talking about a little like a sweat towel. towel. Yeah, that's all he wore to the to the to the game, and I can remember somebody looking and telling his other buddies, "Do you see that guy? All he has is a towel." Because you can see it; it came up the side up uh-huh. by his hip. Yeah. And he was telling his friends, look at that guy. That All he's wearing is that towel. And the guy who said all he's wearing is that towel, that guy was none other than Byron Scott. 
<laughs> so really, you made that STD crack earlier in the in the segment, but really, you should have been talking about ASU, the players. Because I, yeah, well, I saw a, a lot. Of, I saw a lot of stuff at UC Santa Barbara, but my stories still—they're not good next to your stories. Your stories are well, way better. Well, because it was a numbers game too. Because you had 80,000 Sun Devils and only 18,000 Gauchos. Yeah. And there weren't that many extension campuses, and obviously there were no online. So, you know, 95% of the folks were right there on the main campus yeah. in Tempe. Now they're all over the world, literally, and who knows who's seeing each other. But, yeah, if, you're, you're, if you have any type of feeling towards your buddy's wife, you need to stop. You need to cease and desist. I could never. All of my friends, and I don't have that many, when I look at their wives, I look at them as my sister. There's nothing attractive. Not to say that they're ugly, that's not the point. But I have just become immune to any of their beauty. But here's what you do. You tell your wife that so she can rest assured you're not measuring up. But then what you say, just to keep her on your toes, you say, sweetie, or in your case, honey, I look at none of my friends' wives with any form of attractiveness except one, and then you never tell her who it is. Hard to believe Jackie stayed married to you. <laughs> Poor Mrs. K. <laughs> what are you talking about? It keeps her guessing. I think everybody knows what we're talking about. But, but she, you never tell her who it is, so she has to just think. What, what? And that motivates her <sighs> to try to stay in shape. When do we it's, come back, what were you... It's a psychological game, guys. <laughs> when we come back, what were you watching last night? We'll get to that next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. From Stadium Network, Brett McMurphy. The NCAA has no control over college football at the Division I level. Ultimately, it's the presidents that will make that decision. It won't be Emmert. If it comes down to this, we're going to have a season and the general students can't be on campus, but it's safe for the student athletes to come back. We can play a season that way, or we're not going to play a season because the general students aren't going to be back on campus. We are definitely going to be playing a season because that's how critical and important the revenue is. As long as the health and safety of the student athletes is not compromised, then they will find a way to play somehow, some way. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my What'd you watch last night? Just catching up on stuff I missed. I'd only seen a little bit of the Alex Smithy 60. I watched more of it last night. Boy, those shots of his leg. It doesn't even look... I mean, it looks like something out of uh, a movie. You know, it's like, this isn't some, really somebody's leg. This is what happens after special effects people get a hold of it. Crazy. And the uh, Golf Channel was doing some uh, good stuff this week at the PGA Championship because this should be the PGA Championship week. And so they were doing flashbacks. And they were really kind of like vignettes. They were like 
old interviews they had and uh, old clips put together. And the interesting thing was they did some stuff with Brooks Kepka, and it was straight out of the MJ book. Why is he viewed as so boring? How come he doesn't have more friends on tour? It's like, he's trying to win, and he didn't think about anything else. He's not out there to make friends. It was straight out of the MJ playbook. Huh. What were you watching? I watched something that can be deemed as the greatest ever by the Jazz. Now, it is the qualifier of what am I talking about? What am I speaking of that is the greatest ever by the Jazz? But I think when you find the answer, you will agree that this was the greatest ever by the Jazz. Can you guess what it is? The first two things that came to mind are you watched Stockton's shot again, but that doesn't interest you, and you sounded interested. So I wonder if you got a flashback to the Jazz Laker playoff series in 88 when they took the champs seven games in the second round. No, but I wish I would. I would, I would enjoy actually watching that this time of go around when we've got nothing on because I enjoyed it at the time, and I've enjoyed it since I've seen it a few times since then, and I was living down there being knee-deep in coverage at that time in Los Angeles and that was that was just a phenomenal series man that, that's a it wasn't for the all the entire ball of wax but uh, as but far it was as the one of the series it was yeah, one it was of awesome. the it was oh, one man. of the better not from the jazz perspective but from the Lakers series there were so many series where they just destroyed people and there were another bunch of series where, even though they didn't destroy them, you never thought they were going to lose a series. That was one of the rare Laker playoff series in that era when everything was in doubt. Well, yeah, half the people on the floor were Hall of Famers. You know, you had five Hall of Famers on there. And that, that was about as entertaining as it gets. I mean, and at the pro level, you're rarely going to get me who, to care as far as who wins. I just want to be entertained. And that is something that I was enjoying then, and I would enjoy to watch now. I'd probably, I don't know that I'd watch the entire games, but I would try to catch a lot of it, particularly in the fourth quarter. But no, that wasn't it. This thing that I watched involved the Jazz, and it involved the best ever when it comes to this particular qualifier. Yak, you want to take a shot at this? I took two and whiffed. <laughs> Yak is pondering now. Pondering. So I was going to go with like the Lakers playoff yeah. series. We yeah. look in. It's an individual thing. It's an individual thing. Oh, did you see the team? See thing. the night uh, Carl got uh, his career high. Yeah, is the yeah. We did not now. Yeah. No. John Stockton setting the steals record. Nah, the steals weren't weren't even kept until. That wouldn't fascinate him. This had legitimately interested in him. And so a lot of stuff that I could guess wouldn't interest PK, so I'm not guessing it. Yeah, the assist record's not going to hold that weight. No. No, this was... Saw an old game where Mark Eaton blocked 15 shots and just dominated everything. Oh, that would be a, that's a good one. But uh, No. <laughs> but no, that's not <laughs> no, it. That, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I give up. Well, we have two more hours, so you know, just we'll think I about think it. Every segment until uh, until you then. see the game. You see the game where Kareem hit the hook and set the all-time scoring record. The Jazz game was when they were playing home games in Vegas. That didn't relate to the Jazz. This relates specifically to the Jazz. Right. I was just trying to think you were tricking us or something. No, but I would trick you. I'd have to get up way earlier to trick you. Are you uh, kidding me? You're pretty much up all night anyway. 
You're a you're a trickless DJ. I've always said that the guy's trickless. <laughs> Sounded wrong. All right, when we come back, Chris Solari, Michigan State football writer for the Detroit Free Press, joins us as our spring oh, football tour continues. Yeah. Should I give it to you now? Yes, you should, but I didn't think you were going to. But you no, should. No, I will. I will absolutely. I'll, I'll give it to people. No, I watched the uh, game. I was actually doing television that night uh, when uh, the Jazz went down to Miami and Paul Millsap went off. It's that the was exact just, text I got. Just ah. <laughs> it was just incredible. And I think Paul Millsap goes down as the best second-round draft choice in Jazz history. Ah, there have been some good ones, but he's the best. Now, I'm hoping there's not somebody out there that I forgot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or that before I got well, here, so I'm not aware of it. Brian Russell. I think Paul Millsap was better. Yeah, I think I think a, I think Millsap's had a better career than B. Russ, and B. Russ had a pretty good one. Yeah, give uh, a shout out to Travis because he guessed exactly what PK was going to talk about in a text message he sent me. Yeah, so it was Paul Millsap, and he went off, and he was a great player in terms of his demeanor. Everybody loved the guy because he never got too high, never got too low, brought it every night, kept his mouth shut, just worked as hard as he could. Second round, undersized guy, still playing in the league to this day. It's really a phenomenal success story, and. He is, I don't think there's any question, the best second-round pick. I mean, I don't think they're going to have a player in the second round uh, as good as him ever. Particularly, he didn't even go early in a second round. He went later in a second round. What, he's like 46, wasn't he? Yes, I think he was. Yeah, that's an amazing pick by, I assume it was Kevin O'Connor if I line up the time. Yep, it was. And that was just a great, great pick. And he developed himself along with Jerry Sloan and Phil Johnson and those guys in the Jazz organization. Developed himself into a great player that has gone on and done wonderful things. It's absolutely amazing to see him still playing in the league and have the success that he had. Plus, he was just so cool to watch because he was never any big showman. He was like throwback. He was like an old-school player. He didn't do a shimmy. He didn't do anything. He brought no attention to himself. All he did was play the game. Any other second-round picks we're forgetting way back in the day? Mo Williams was a second-round pick, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, C.J. Miles, was he a second-round pick? Yes, yes, he was. So there's some guys who carved out. If carved out. Oh careers. yeah, they had some. They they had a great run there. Uh, Jaron Collins uh, played in the league for a number of years. I mean, he wasn't a great player, but if you're getting a contribution out of a later second round pick, you have to consider that an absolute success. Uh, I wouldn't know way back in the day. I know there were guys who were late round draft picks, but the draft was so much bigger. I I, I think it's got to be, it's got to be Paul. Yeah, because Mark Eaton was a fourth-round pick, right? Yeah, the draft was bigger. It was bigger, right. But so, there were but fewer teams. Bob Hansen was a third-round pick. i got a list in front of me now. So there's a guy, another guy who had a good... But it's the best second-round pick. Yeah, I think, I think Millsap's the guy. I think Millsap won, B-Russ two. Shannon Anderson, if he hadn't left Utah, could have had Shannon, a really good career. But Shannon Anderson's got to be on the list, I suppose. Another player who was a second-round pick, was it not by the Jazz, is Hornacek. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.